how should you plan for when your home becomes too small or when the next one gets too big? At Sandy Spring Bank, we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan. Whether it's a new home or refinance, renovation or addition, fixer-upper or new build. Banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your mortgage. Visit sandyspringbank.com mortgage. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank, equal housing lender. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Wolves Fancast with me, your host, Gully, for this evening. We are live and recording pretty much directly after the uh, Aston Villa board. Um, I've got Adam, Jordan and Richard with me uh, to take us through what um, was almost a carbon copy of kind of the Nuno um, kind of roadmap to success, maybe. Um, Not so much success recently, but... Um, gentlemen, I, ju- I just want to kick us off, obviously, by starting about uh, with the lineups. Um, very much a rinse and repeat for us at the moment. But the good news uh, from a Villa perspective was the fact that Jack Greenish wasn't available for a start. Uh, Matty Cash as well, secondary uh, to that. Um, Rich, I'll come to you first. How was you feeling going into the game, having seen those lineups? To be honest, I kind of uh, I say this thinking I'm pretty much. Sure, I put Wolves down for a win, but I think I was fairly consigned that Wolves were going to get a draw. And looking at the lineup, I think as we sort of said pre Newcastle game, very sort of similar vibes. That yeah, we will do okay, but we're not going to set the game alight. And you know, there's still a question mark about how we're going to produce um, chances and to win the game. Obviously, it was great. I say great. Um, it was fortunate for, for Wolves that Grealish wasn't fit enough to play. Um, I'd have been interested to have seen how Villa would have lined up um, without with Grealish in the side and sort of how that would have changed the game because I thought they did a lot down the flanks, which I kind of wasn't expecting. And, you know, Grealish kind of floats around the pitch. And I'd have been interested to sort of see how we'd have changed to match that. So in terms of the Wolves lineup, it, it pretty much writes itself at the moment which isn't necessarily a good thing given our kind of striking options at the moment, I guess. Yeah, I think... Yeah, um, yeah, I, go, on, go on, Adam, sorry. Yeah, I was going to like tack on to that as well and say that we've kind of almost returned to where we were before with Nuno and that the team just kind of picked itself. Granted that the Man City game was a bit of an outlier for that but and that was different circumstances. But, <laughs> I mean, apart from, say when and where Bolly comes back in, it seems as though every every position's pretty much set now, to be honest. So whereas like I remember a couple of months ago the, the, the team news used to be a bit of a Nuno Tom Bowler, didn't it? He was going where, but we all sit, seem to have settled back into this this, this settled settled side now. Um I was as I was the same as Rich. I mentioned on, on your Insta Live for the match goal as well that I was happy that Grealish wasn't playing and also surprised that the Barkley wasn't playing earlier, but then obviously he came out during the game. He's got his own fitness issues as well. 
And they're two of their probably most creative players as well. So to have them both not not playing, I, I was really confident going into the game, to be honest. I was really, really confident because, again, I'd said Barkley's the kind of guy that has one good game in five or six. So would it be Sod's Law that he has that game against us? But even then, that was a, that was partly at the equation because he didn't, he didn't start as well. So... Yeah, but pre pre kickoff, I was I was I really was confident going to the game. Yeah, I, f- I feel like there was um, <clears throat> it gave us a sense of optimism that we pro- might not have had prior to, to seeing those lineups. And um, one thing that might not look so good, and we've done it on a couple of occasions now, George, was the fact that we only used eight of our, our nine substitution <laughs> allocated some slots um, again. Um, conspicuous by his absence was Owen Otisawi. Do you think um, that might have had anything to do with the, the mistake he made against City? Who knows? I, I don't think I don't think it'd be as harsh as that. I don't think Nuno's that ruthless, to be honest with you. But it, it does strike a little bit of a chord, doesn't it? When you you know we're struggling to get the quota out. Um, the reality is, you could put me and you on the bench, and we won't get we won't come on the pitch anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. Could have offered it as a Twitter competition. You know, he's very regimented in who he, he wants to pick. And reality is, we've got a squad of 14, 15 that he actually trusts and relies on. Um, Maybe that's a way of making the, the rest of the season quite interesting, just getting fans onto the bench for yeah. the rest of the season. A good old Twitter competition. Yeah, there's a few, there's a few on yeah. Twitter. I've seen a Wolf shirt. I'm warming up anyway. Um, <laughs> but, but, in all, but in all seriousness, um, I do think it's down to the... Isn't there something to do with like the under twenty threes and the first team squad being kept separate for obviously COVID regulations? And if they pick one out of the under twenty threes, they've got to basically test them and get you know it's probably not worth throwing like a Theo Corbino on the on the bench or good old Nige, is it? Because a it's just all that COVID stuff, and b they're not going to get on the pitch anyway. So that might have been it. That seems like a horribly reasonable answer, though. I much prefer you know a speculative one for one, which has been really sort of fought out and things like that. I'm, no, I, in my head, he has been binned off just because, you know, he got thrown in at the deep end on the last week. And you know what? He has washed his hands with him. Not that there's, you know, probably some quite sensible COVID protocols in place. He's already, he's already, he's already, he's already been given his directions to Grasshopper's training ground, doesn't he? <laughs> 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 It'd be great. Here's your ticket. Some kind of some other use that would be the, the the use for the um their prison cells it's uh, Molly don't they for um, any misdemeanors from from the stands yeah so imagine what yeah. yeah. is not locked up at the Molly new prison cell just because of that that <laughs> error um and, and uh, for the foreseeable future shall we say um now as is um the way for, for Wolves at the moment we made a pretty slow start and Villa had the better of the game just half them um, in its entirety, really. Um, and the two big moments being Watkins shot from distance and uh, Esri Conser having a, a decent shot from inside the six yard box almost that, that hit the bar as well. Now, what what are we going to do about this? Because I'm slowly running out of content for my GTA now. Um, so I'd like you to help me out. <laughs> Let me just get my tactics board just here and I'll, I'll help you out a little bit. I mean, to be fair, this this, sec- this first half, second half, Wolves shenanigans, it's not a new phenomenon, is it? And this has been going on for, what, at least the last two seasons. Um, it, was just an, it was just never a problem before when we actually managed to grind out a result, a bit like a 1-0 or a 2-1 win. But 
now that we're struggling, it's it's magnified a bit more. I mean, even it it seems as though even the manager and their captain can't even explain it. So what chance what chance have we got to try and explain what's going on? I don't know. I, it's hard to put your finger on it. Is it a mentality issue? Are we going out and not playing as to, to the level that we can first off, but then I don't know what what could possibly get said of a second half where we just suddenly change and become a completely different animal second half. It, it's just it's just baffling, and the, the stats are there to see. This has happened ever since we got promoted. I think Sky took the stats up earlier, didn't they? That yeah, something like sixty sixty six percent or sixty five something something like that. So something like two thirds of our goals are coming in the second half. And when you that that's that's literally three se- almost three seasons worth of data now that, that, that they're taking that from, so it's not just like an immediate thing that's where you know the possession stats are the same, like pretty much exactly the same proportions. I think it's like since we've got promoted, we average about thirty eight percent possession in the first half, sixty six in the second. And, and I don't I don't for one minute imagine that Nino is saying let's just take the first half and like, let's just feel them out for the first half because it just not doesn't, doesn't I'm sure it just doesn't work that way that's just such a lax yeah. way of looking at it I hear you I hear you and I'm sure it's not a, a, a discreet instruction that, that that's what they're suggesting but I mean when you see Cody in his interview say you know it's got to stop it's got to stop I find I, I, I don't know where where to go with that because I think well it's happened. So it's it's not. It's more than a coincidence. Now it just mm-hmm. can't be the case that you know, like you say, three seasons worth of data we have to analyse here. Um, so I, I mean, I probably would put it down to us being quite the active side, and we seem to go out on the pitch with an idea of how the team, the opposition, might play, and then they seem to surprise us maybe, and and we're we're just slow catching up. And then by the time half time comes around, you can put a couple of plans in place maybe that. You, you wouldn't necessarily have been able to do um, pre-match. But Jordan, I don't know if you've got any um, any ideas on how to stop this weird rot of, of, of shoddy, frankly, yeah, first-half performances. No, it's just not good enough, is it? And I think that there's, for me, and, you know, I know there's a lot of Nuno in, Nuno out and all that sort of stuff. And I've still very much firmly been of the opinion that, you know, I want to keep me and I feel like he needs to be backed in the summer and, you know, give him another, you know, give him six months next season. Let's judge him when we've got a full squad and all that sort of stuff. Recruitment's been poor for five windows. We've got, you know, we're treading over old ground. But for me, you know, I'll come on at half time on the Insta Live and I'm I'm angry with it all, mate. It's getting to a point where it's actually making me angry because there's a fine line for me between pragmatism and being negative. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being pragmatic because it's very system, you know, it's methodical, systematic, and you can win football games that way. Atletico Madrid, prime example, winning La Liga, Simeone, seven, eight years, results, you know, punching above the weight if you were against the big boys and always growing out results. Arguably, we've been doing that for the you know first two seasons in the Prem. You know, people say we overachieve, and I think that is because we've got a very pragmatic approach and it's structured. And yeah, sometimes it's not enthralling, but it's you know it's pragmatic and we've got a system and it's, it does work for us. So why change the process? This season, for me, we, for me it's gone. Well, I think we're too negative now. I don't even think it's pragmatism now. I can't even put it down to that. I just feel like we fear everyone we play. Like we don't. Why don't we let teams fear us? Like everyone we play against, it's almost like right, we're going to feel you out for half an hour. We're playing on such fine margins that you know you can see an early goal and what. 
when Raul went got his head injury, we conceded what thir- first goal thirteen games in a row or something. That's where the pragmatism goes out the window. And you know, Southampton was a prime one. You got a lot of people on Twitter at the end of the game. We were one nil down at half time. We got played off the park, and we won two one. And everyone's like, Nuno's the Messiah and stuff. And for me. Yeah, this is where you got to be tricky. I'm not slagging Nuno off or anything, but that was his hand was forced. Then we just let the shackles off of our creative players, and we could have scored three, four, five against Southampton, and that was the model of how we should have been from that Southampton game throughout. Now that Villa game, Villa team today without Grealish, there's nothing to fear. We're better than them on paper. I'm not being funny. We are. So why are we why are we sitting back and giving them initiative? If we'd have gone out, you know. El Mohamedi and Target versus Troy or Ray Neto. Come on. Like, there's, there should be one winner every day of the week. And I'm not being funny, maybe for the 90 minutes, certainly for the first 45 minutes. El Mohamedi hasn't had an easier game in his Aston Villa career. I thought Troy Ray was dreadful, and I'm a big fan of Troy Ray, But, yeah, it's got to change. I know what Cody said. It has to change because I think we've gone, we've slipped now from being a pragmatic team who won football games to we're quite nervous, quite negative and quite reluctant to take any initiative in for me and it's yeah. got to change big time yeah, it's got to You mentioned Troy and Neto there um, the the inversion of the wingers has been a, a bit of a plus point for us recently um, Rich, I don't think it quite went to plan today, did it? No, I, I talked about it in um, my uh, post-match reaction video actually um, ironically, even before we uh, we had this on the running order, which was fortunate. But for me, I, I, I like the idea of it um, because we're so weak in the centre of the park at the moment that we need to be able to draw, have our arguably our our two most effective and impactful players, or who have most potential impact in Traore. How can you get them? to create chances that that that's the number one question that we've got to ask of Neto and Traore how how can they create chances or goals or assists and if Neto's just stuck out on the flank he becomes less effective so I can see the benefit of playing him on the right because he's got the opportunity to cut inside he can just play that extra you know five yards you know for almost being from the flank to being in the channel and it and I Ideally, it works like that. And I think it's worked for the last couple of games. It's given opposition more chance to think about it. It didn't really work today. Um, I think just because they weren't trying to look inside a lot more, whether it was Jose being a bit lost again. Um, but I think a lot of it, and it loops back to the overarching issues of Wolves, is the lack of intent a lot of the time, it feels like, that it if you've got Neto on the right, he is our most dangerous player. He's been our best player this season. I think we could all pretty much agree on that. So why wouldn't we almost have it set up that almost every opportunity we can have, it's to get him to lay the ball off to Jose and for him to make a diagonal run inside and see if he can cause issues. And even if that opens up Samedo on the right, and I thought Samedo did well today. Um, I mean, I'm a big Samedo fan anyway. I like, love the way he carries the ball out of defence. But I think if you're playing inverted wingers as well, you need to have those fullbacks. You know, you need to have someone to occupy the space when they go inside. And again, it's these. It's a nice idea and the logic's sound behind it. But it's just that 
follow through to the nth degree the, and the commitment we just seem to be missing and it's been like that for well the entire season yeah I think that the one thing I noticed was that despite them playing on the wrong sides in inverted commas they still were hugging the touchline generally speaking Neto and Traore with Johnny and Samedo almost taking that position inside of them and yeah. um, when the ball got forward and if you're going to play them inside uh, on the wrong side sorry I think you need their starting positions to be more tucked in and let the wing backs go out and occupy that wider space and I think then you'll see a little bit more from them in the more dangerous parts of the pitch but I think with Neto and Traore Nuno almost looks at them as, as a risk as much of a a luxury and a bit of a a bit of a plus point because they're also the most likely players to lose the ball for us at the end of the day. And if they're doing it out on the touchline rather than in the middle of the park, we're far less likely to be broken on. And I, I honestly think that he has that in the back of his mind whenever he's setting up the team. Um, so, like again, yeah, we, we always seem to come back to this theme of Nuno being quite a, a, a negative um, handbrake on manager. Um, so, nil-nil at half-time. I mean, Adam, do you think we 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 were comfortable with that? Was yes, Villa hit the bar. They didn't necessarily create too much, but um, could we have been fortunate to be in that position? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I think after that that initial fifteen minute spell was obviously a bit dicey for us. Where, um, yeah, they they hit the bar. Then Watkins had that chance where he squared it. When arguably. As a yeah, striker, you'd be yeah. looking to to put smash your foot through that and give Patricio no chance. So we, I felt, I felt as if he let us get away with one there as well. And then again, then the the, the cross that come in where Conso wasn't it, in him and hit the bar. Uh, so that was, you know, fifteen minutes in. I thought this this what's going what's going on here. I thought we, we could be in for a bit of a, a long night here, but it seemed to fade away after that. Villa did and. The game itself tended to, to drift a little bit. I don't think there was ever really much threat for me this either side after that. Um, so, if you're, speak, if you're speaking just on the first half now, I, I was happy to go in nil-nil, to be honest, because the aforementioned first half record we've got, plus the fact that we've got away with three chances, I thought we, we, could, we could have been 3 nil down at this point. Um, so, nil-nil for me, I thought, Okay, I'll, I'll arguably I'll, I'll take that. It's not been great, but I'll take it going into the second half. Yeah, I think the one you know re- recurring theme through that first half absolutely was just unforced errors, just yeah. sloppy passing, giving the ball away, and yeah, you look, know, you can you can talk about Nuno all you like, but when it comes down to that kind of stuff, he's not responsible for that, and ultimately. There was just a real lack of quality. Both teams, to be fair, uh, I don't think either team were that great um, when it came to stringing a few passes together. Villa, for sure, were better in that first half. But going the team, yeah, it was half, the team was quite bad for us, wasn't it? Well, yeah, saw, like yeah. for, for someone of his calibre, it was just five yard passes, just giving it away. Really Couldn't believe my eyes. I was going to say, I think with Matinho. He was walking a real fine line with a lot of Wolves fans in terms of performances. I've called him out for it, and a load of Wolves fans have. Um, I don't think he played. He's played well for Wolves since Leeds away in October, and then obviously he scored that goal against Arsenal. But you forget how bad he was in the first half against Arsenal. Everyone was calling for him to go off. Scored that goal, and it's almost like a bit of a reprieve, and you could see he had a bit of a spring back in his step. Like 
I'm not being funny. He's, you know, still the best Wolves player in our lifetime I've ever seen for that 18 months, two years spell when we first got in. But I just catching up with him. You can't rely on Jan Martino to be in the engine room for Wolverhampton Wanderers at 34. Like, he just hasn't got the legs for it anymore. And him and Neves, and again, it's just too similar, isn't it? And that's the that's lies the problem as well. We haven't got enough mobility. And uh, when it comes to joining attacks, I know Neves has been doing it a bit more recently and getting on the end of a few crosses. But yeah, we, we need two of them. Like, you know, we need two of them. And I still don't think it's Neves' natural game. That seems stupid to say when he scored five goals. This, you know what I mean? We always said that it's Dendonka plus one, didn't we, midfield? And yet yeah. now, you know, Dendonka's found himself in defence where if if we're, we're... I think we all, on this fan cast, we all rate Dendonka, really. But we also surely must appreciate that he's struggling a bit mm. in defence at the moment. But also maybe caveated by knowing that it's not his favourite position. So maybe, you know, again, we, we talk about Neves Matinho being too similar. Should we now just go back to having Dendonka back in midfield again with Neves, you know, ideally, and then hopefully Bolly is fit, he, he'll go back in, ideally. And that's what I think would be the sensible option, but I'll feel, I'll feel free to be corrected on that. My only problem with it at the minute is I'm a big fan of Dendonka as well. I think he's been really poor. This season, like for, I can't remember his last good game. And, you know, I think he's a very good player, very underrated, hardworking midfielder. Look, he's not a box-to-box midfielder who's going to get you 10, 12 goals a season, but he's never been that. Um, but his industry and his, you know, he's got the ability to be that number six, that typical number six for us who can basically shuttle in front of the defence, screen everything, break up, break it up and give it to the better ball players. Um and that's where I think his position is. And we have I don't think we've ever played him in that sort of role. No, I don't think we've ever seen him in his best position. You know, he's not he's not a you know, he's not a ten. You know, we were playing three five two, like he was ultimately he was the furthest mid advanced midfield. He's not a ten. Like like we're not we haven't utilised him to his best positions. And I think that I wouldn't be surprised if he was gone in the summer because I, I'm starting to feel like it's just not working for both parties. That's a real shame because he's a good player, but I can see him being one of the ones out the door in the summer. Yeah, I think I think he's almost it's the negative aspect of being a versatile utility man, isn't it? That he is a bit of a jack of all trades. He probably argue his best position is that defensive midfield, like you say, Shuttler, bit of an anchor in front, but we don't play that formation. And there's been times I think today. He wasn't great, but I wouldn't say this as much. But there's often times when he plays in defence and it feels like he's a midfielder playing in defence. And this season when he's played in midfield, he, he looks like a defender playing in midfield when he gets forward. Um, I think with the midfield, the, the big, you know, the big worry for me is that, you know, look, Martinho hasn't been great to his you know high standards this season there's literally nobody in this squad who we can just go okay set out for five games we've got an adequate replacement we've got three centre midfielders we've yeah. got Martinho yeah. Neves and Dendonka one of which plays in the back three on a regular basis Neves is has been sort of the most consistent throughout them and you've got Martinho is 34 you know it doesn't feel like Vitinha's knocking the door down to be 
in that midfield. Gibbs White, you, again, you've got the same issue. It, for what is probably the position where you cover the most ground on the pitch, the fact that we have two and a half players who can play three in those positions is 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 really worrying. And you know, you said yeah. at the start that we've not had a um, you know a solid transfer window. Um, what five five trans five oh, windows? Uh, I'd, I'd argue since that first one when we come up where we've got Patricio, Matinho. Jimenez. Jimenez yeah. in the first, we, we don't buy. We don't have a window where we buy in three or four players to strengthen that eleven or that, like say yeah. Nuno's team, like because that's what he relies on, right? Yeah. Like we, we haven't done that. Like you know, again, I'm adamant that he wants to play four-two-three-one, and I think that is the future of this team. We haven't got the centre half for it for one. And so just, just kind of hold hold that thought because I do want to get onto the squad depth um, mm. in the second half in in terms of you know, the use of substitutions as well. But if, if we move on to the second half of the game, um, again, as is the way with, with us, there, there is a distinct improvement in the way we play. Um, now, chances. Um, some very, very glaring ones. Uh, we'll we'll start with the Cody Sace kind of, of double M that somehow they both contrived to miss. Um Pricey, what would you have put that one away? Which one? Which one are you fancy yourself on? Now, I've never been a fantastic head with the ball, but <laughs> I think Cody, I think Cody should be burying that. To be honest, I really do. I, I don't think Say should even have the opportunity for his miss. If I'm honest, I thought when it happened in real time, I, I just thought like he'd headed it straight at Martinez and he made the save. And it, it fell to Say. So I didn't realise that he beat Martinez, but not the post, and he come back out to Say. Um. So the Sace miss is bad. As uh, as you see back in um, the replay, you can see he's not really set himself. He's not expecting it. He's not ready for it. Hence why it's just his wrong leg that he's thrashed out at it. And he just gets completely underneath the bottom of the ball. And it's gone skyward rather than forward, mainly. But for me, I, I think it's... I think Cody's was the chance. Cody should be putting that away, to be honest. Um, he's actually, he's, since he's played for England, I don't know if this is something that Southgate's identified, but he's proved himself a bit of a goal threat from set pieces, Cody, and something that we haven't tapped into since he started playing for England. But um, he's, he's starting to get on quite a lot of set piece. Um, ends up, he's starting to get on a lot of the end of our set pieces a lot um, recent, recently, and obviously Man City, another prime example. But I think he should be burying it. I really be, I, mean, we, I mean, I know we can talk about Saces, you know, and say that's the more, that's the more criminal mix, and, and, it, and it is. But the fact is, you take it back another step. It shouldn't. That shouldn't even happen yeah. for me. So, I mean, we should be breaking the neck with that either. Whisper it, whisper it quietly, but it was a short corner, by the way. Um, if people hadn't noticed, um, <laughs> <laughs> that forbidden method of attack that uh, you know nobody will have. Um, Rich, how much? Grief, should we be giving space for that miss? Um, as as Pricey said, he Sace will turn around on Monday and say, "Well, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have had been in the position to." Um, so we put it on Cody. Then. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, no, it, it's it, it was poor by Sace, and considering, unlike Cody, he's shown himself to be a threat in front of goal. He, he's had a knack for last couple of seasons of popping up with a goal here and there um and to be fair saying that pretty much all the defenders at Wolves you know over Nuno's time have had a, a healthy night you look at Doherty would often spring up in 
that you know find himself in a bit of space at the far post and things like that and you know it's, it's been interesting to sort of see um the defenders kind of whether it's by look or what they work on in training i don't know but yeah um especially when you think about it, we level it as a criticism uh, more often than not but you know that back three today for all midfielders by trade or you know they, they've all play they're all relatively comfortable on the ball they should good technique etc um and then to fluff your lines like that was a bit tricky but there's no excuses is there if, if we're going to be really blunt that's the, di- the difference between Wolves la- even last season we'd have played with that tempo um particularly in the first half and we'd have grind- grinded out a result Last season, that's in the back of the net, and we go home with a one-nil win, and we work out how we're going to, you know, play the next Europa League game. The difference with us this season is that we just don't seem to be clinical on, you know, it's almost like Jimenez when he was there, he made everyone else more clinical, regardless of whether he was involved in it. Now he's not there; they almost don't quite know how to score without him in a way. Yeah, I mean. George, if, if if you have a look at it, um, we're actually quite decent offset pieces in terms of the proportion of our goals that we score. Um, quite high um, from us. Now we don't score a lot of goals full stop, so whether that's actually a good statistic to use as a barometer for our quality of set pieces is another thing. But um, it seems to be the best way forward for us at the moment. Yeah, because we don't create fuck all in open play, do we? So. No, that's the truth. I'm glad you said that. No, no, it's the it's bang on. It's the truth, isn't it? You know, I can't remember. Um, well, look, say I can't remember. We didn't create an open, a, a, you know, a chance in open play today. We didn't against Man City, and I appreciate Man City are a different animal beast. Let's forget about that. But still, it's 180 minutes of football where we haven't made a goalkeeper make a save in open play. And it's really alarming for me. And uh, again, is it system, tactics, players, manager? You know, who, who like who, maybe it's a mix of all of them. It, I just think that something's got to change. And I think now, look, we're not going down, are we? There's no chance that's happening now because of the points of the mast. Nuno needs to just put his uh, neck on the line and go right. If it is, he wants to play four-two-three-one. Or whatever formation, whatever style of play, if he wants to play this progressive possession-based football, this is what he wants to play moving forward. Let's just treat this as pre-season now. Or let's just say, right, draw a line in the sand. This is what I want to play moving forward. This is how we're going. And granted, we'll probably get a few drubbings along the way because if we go to a back four, we know we haven't got centre-halves. But if that's what the future of this team is, let's learn it, let's develop it. Let's you know Because if we come... 8th or 17th now does it matter and I know, I know, I know, I know I'm throwing that out there but does it really matter Like, let, let's just experiment, let's just try work out what the best way forward is for this team, get the right players in and just evolve it from there I don't know what you lot think about I that I think you'll have to, you'll have to ask Boson and uh, what the bank balance um, would, would say about us <laughs> finishing 8th or 17th to be honest but that's a new, that's a new strike you, know, you, you, you make a sound point you make an absolutely sound point um, again, going back to the chances missed, again, another one that's kind of come off a set piece, but 
have we been foiled by Emmy Martinez twice this season now? Um, you know, with could could have been talking about six points from Villa if it hadn't been for him. Rich? I mean, I think we all when that um, when that save uh, happened, I think pretty much everyone in the fan cast just thought, Oh god, what Stu's gonna what Stu's reaction <laughs> <would> be? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't think anyone's like that doesn't particularly rate him. He's obviously had a great season. He's clearly a good shot stopper. Um, again, it's that it's those fine margins for me. Um, and thinking about it, you know, he's made a big save there. That's uh, you know, xg wise, that's you know that that's that 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 should be a goal any day of the week, sort of thing. And it kind of made me think, well, Patricio didn't have to do any of those today. And I thought that that was the difference for me. And Villa had the first half, per se. They had a bar a couple of times. And I think, you know, the Watkins one, uh, the commentary of it was weird for me because I thought it was almost a little over-exaggerated. Like, you know, it's, it's a good hit and he's got a, you know, a dip on it. I said, "Ah, oh, Patricio's knowing it." It's like, no, he, he is, but like, it, it, I didn't think it was like a huge chance for console one. He should be burying. Then I thought after that, Patricio's not had an awful lot to do, and I thought nothing. Yeah, nothing to do. No it, shots it, on target from Villa. I yeah. think I think it's I think it says a lot that in the entirety of the game, all the chances have fallen to centre backs um, for both sides, yeah. and it says a lot about the quality of both teams. Um, is it simplistic to say that that game with Grealish and Jimenez playing for both teams is a very different one? Price, what do you think? <laughs> probably it's better. Probably better for Villa with Grealish. My, my concern with us, we have Jimenez up front right now. With how we are struggling to create things from open play, what? I'm just thinking what difference it's going to make for us right now because I watch I watch I watch today because I mean we've got we had, we had a question on on the Twitter actually about from Ruby Wolves saying just give me a genuine opinion of of Jose and I'm struggling with it because if if he was up front or Jimenez mm-hmm. was up front for us and we create what we're creating um, what's the difference at the minute because we're not creating anything from open play. And I'm looking at, at William Jose, and I think sometimes you must think, why? Why am I here? Because he's not getting it. He's not getting anything. I know we've said before. You know, we've I've saw comments online and, and, and amongst ourselves on the chat group. You know, he's not the most quick, mobile centre forward. He doesn't make the runs that Jimenez does. But likewise, you know, he's not getting anything towards him whatsoever. With yeah. Traore, is not Traore for all his attributes. Is and you know his his output stats are there to see. He's not doing anything for us at the minute right now. He's not creating. He's not, he's not getting any real creative chances to our to to our, to, to our centre forward. Neto is doing better. Obviously, he's. It seems to be that you know again, it's all on Neto to create something. But I'm just thinking at the moment with with the way that we're playing. If Jimenez was up front, I, I really struggle to see where the underlying difference would be. I I, I always find that it's um, it's interesting to read into kind of the body language of the players because you know football a football pitch is very raw emotions. You know you can't really hide how you're feeling. Um, Pedro Neto being the perfect example of that. I think sometimes 
he has a bit of petulance about him when the things aren't going his way and if you notice certain parts of his behavior and whenever Jose gets subbed Jordan I always have a look to see kind of what 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 his facial expression is and and you know how he's feeling about things because it, it's it's an inevitable substitution that's being made at the moment there's lots of talk obviously in the Wolves fan base whether he should actually be starting over silver full stop um so how do you how do you think he's feeling about this at the moment just defeated didn't he like I think um <clears throat> you know for me he's the way I look at it is, and again, I've put, you know, I've got a tweet out there, and you know, it's getting, I'm getting pelters from, and I'm getting some. Yeah, you're right, but for me, there's a player we've brought in who, last summer, well, sorry, last January, Tottenham wanted him, Barcelona wanted him. Look at his record at Real Sociedad. He's got, I think he's got what it's one in three. I think he's played 157 games and got 53 goals, which is a good output for a striker. He's got five in five against Barcelona. He's not a bad, so what I'm trying to say is he's not a bad player. He's coveted by some very good teams. We brought him to Wolverhampton Wanderers and it isn't working. And that could just be player system. Um, for me, you know, it's just a thankless task. Like I said earlier, we're creating absolutely nothing. Nothing. You could put anyone... Oh, okay. And again, maybe a bit tongue-in-cheek. If you even put like someone like Erling Haaland up front for us right now with what we're creating... He wouldn't get any more than 12 goals a season. He wouldn't. Not in this system, the way we're playing at the moment. And Wolves fans have had it. We've had it lucky, the fact of Raul's come to Wolves. And again, Raul was a bit part player at Benfica, Atletico Madrid. He's come to Wolves and he's become a world-class player. He's finishing second to none. And, you know, he puts in a chance every one in what one in two, one in three. And uh, that's what we've been spoilt with. He's very, you know... He's got everything about him that fits our system. William Jose was brought into Wolves at a time where we were playing 4-2-3-1. And I thought Palace away when he played, I thought he was good at Palace away. Arsenal at home, he won the penalty and got Luis sent off and I thought he was very good then as well. And then we reverted back to change into our system and style where, look, he's not mobile. And that, we haven't brought him to be mobile. We knew, we knew what his attributes were when we signed him. Um, we've changed the formation and the system. And if you look at that spine of our team, let's just say, so the pace in the middle of our team right now, we've got Jose up top, Neves, Moutinho, Connor Cody. Oh, forget about Patricio, don't sprint. But what I'm trying to say is that that spine of the team, us four could give them all a sprint over 100 metres, and I reckon we'd beat a couple of them. That's just the truth. Like, <laughs> genuinely, I do think that I do think that's true. Like, we're just we're so immobile in the spine of the team, and that's not William Jose's fault. That's another point that we need to address in the summer to go right. We need a bit of, we're just mi- missing so much energy and dynamism, and we've been spoiled by Raul. Do I think William Jose, do you think we should sign William Jose? Absolutely not. Do I think William Jose is a bad player? Absolutely not. I think he'd flourish elsewhere. And mm. at Sociedad last year, he was playing in a 4 2 3 1 with Odegaard feeding him, he was at Arsenal. This year, David Silva. And that, that sort of, you know what I mean? And he's, put, he's scoring goals. Yeah. So it's not, you don't all of a sudden become a bad player overnight for me. I'm sorry. You just don't. Yeah. I, I mean, just to kind of wrap up towards the end of this conversation in terms of the video game, because I don't think we want to dwell on it too long, but we've got, we've had another fixture where all three results have been play, been in play up until the end of the, in the last minute, really. You know, 
we could have won this game 1-0. We could have lost it 1-0. It's ended up being 0-0. Um, this is the Nuno way, kind of playing on those fine margins. Um, Adam, how, how long do you think he can actually sustain this way of being? <laughs> I don't think it is a sustainable way of playing, to be honest. Absolutely not. And I don't think... It, I, I, I would like for someone to give me some good arguments as to why it is or why it would be a sustainable way. We've talked about this before in the past where we're giving ourselves just one one half of football to win a game the way that we're playing. And as I said before, we've we've kind of we kind of got away with it up until this season where we've 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 had the players, we've had the system to pull the second half out of the bag and you know the the results are there to see. This season, I know circumstances are different. The team is different. Um it's not it's not working really. It's really not it's really not working. And it's and also we've lost a bit of we've lost a bit we we used to be like last season we used to be people's second favourite team, you know, because of the way we played. We had a bit of a pizzazz, pizzazz, panache, panache ganache about us about our team you know, these, yeah. <laughs> there used to be something interesting about us and this season I just thought that it's, that's, it's lost this season and now you, you've you've saw the comment you know the, the general trend of people's opinions have changed against Wolves to say that we're just dull now to watch yeah. and yeah. I find it's I struggle to, to to disagree with it to be honest so we've got so today prime example a derby game it should be Blood and thunder. It should be high. It should be energetic. It should be frenetic. Not it was none of those things. Maybe the first again. Villa had their 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 rapid first fifteen minutes, but after that, there was just nothing going on at all. Think, and certainly from their point of view, I struggle to see where you know what what is their what is their blueprint at the moment for us. I'm struggling to to see to see what it is. I mean, again, we, again, as George said, a bit retreading over old ground. Don't want to go over what he's you know this this transition, what he's trying to achieve and stuff. But right now, I don't know. It's I'm 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 not I'm not quite sure when the Wolves game kicks off. I'm not quite sure what I'm expecting to see at the minute, other than safe, I, safe I think, football. You know, I think part part of it is isn't it? I, I'll, I'll take it back to, to something Nuno said in, in in his own interviews previously, where. He's always striving for perfection. I'm sure we've all heard it before where he's used this, you know, we, we look for perfection knowing that it doesn't exist. And he's, he's, he's used that, you know, massively by. mystical saying, <laughs> like, as if, you know, we should all be like hanging off the every single word. But when you actually analyse that, <laughs> right, what's the perfect game of football? The perfect game of football is nil-nil, Right. Because there are no mistakes made whatsoever, unless someone scores an absolute worldie that nobody can do anything about. You know, no goalkeeper can save it, no defense can stop it. Maybe a one 0 is the perfect game of football. Then, right? If you're if, if you're striving to achieve something like that, then I'm sorry, that's Hello? not that's not that, that's, that's just not realistic, <laughs> is it? It's just not. You know, all this Zen kind of you know persona that that Nuno gives off. I'm, I'm, this isn't this isn't some kind of social experiment for you, Nuno. This is actually, you know, trying to make a, a, a successful football team, and you've done it for a certain period of time. But I'm sorry, we've been found out. There's no way we can keep playing this way and, and expect to be successful. Um, 
and I mean, on that note, John, was there anyone who comes out with a lot of credit today for their performance, do you think? Um, any particular man of the match for you? Like that, that just sighing because I, no one's no one for me stood out really. I thought we were, you know, there's a lot of sixes and fives to be honest with you, all across the pitch. Um, if I had to give anyone a, my man of the match, it'd be Samado for me. I thought he was brilliant again, like, seems to be, you know, he seems to just be getting better and better for me. And yeah, okay, Man City, yeah, he played, he, he played them on side for the second goal, but. His general overall play just seems to be getting better and better. And he seems to be growing in confidence. And I think that we have got a real player on our hands there. And again, he's someone who I think would see the best, the best Nelson Semedo is going to be on a team that has a lot of possession and a lot of attacking free-flowing football. That's where you can see him flourish because he's going to be 15, 20 yards forever at the pitch, overlapping, putting balls in. He's got electric pace. Um we're probably not suited to him at the moment uh, in terms of that style, but I do think that, you know, there is a player in there. And so just to revert back to your last point for me, when we talk about, I guess, football and what Nuno's trying to strive to achieve, not without sounding like one of these, we're all sat by him at Molyneux, get, the, get it in the shitter, all that bollocks. You don't want to hear that. It's not about that, but football's about percentages as well, isn't it? And that's why XG's there. And, you know, ultimately we... We don't score enough goals or win enough football games this season because we don't play in the right areas of the football pitch enough times. It's as simple as that for me. We're too safe. Like I say, we're not pragmatic anymore. I think we're negative. And that's the mindset that's got to change. I don't mind pragmatism as long as you're winning football games. But like Price said, like I, I, it's just safe. Every time, we, you know, other than it being safe when you turn on the TV to watch Wolves at the moment, you know, that's the only guarantee at the moment. Like, last season, you go in, you know, Man City, we did the double against them. Anyone in world football, I'd fancy to do something. Even Liverpool last mm. season, when we were running away with the league, Anfield, we went there thinking, you know what, we can get something here at the home. We were so unlucky not to pick anything up against Liverpool in those two games when they were phenomenal. This season, I fear that every team we play, I just feel like we're going to... I, I struggle to find us getting a positive result before a game. And we need um we need like we need like war looking at dressing don't we? You gotta fucking die to get three points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that's that's the shame for me. And when you said about the the you know the uh, everyone's second team, everyone now calls us spoke spoke. Everyone calls us spoke. <laughs> Portuguese Portuguese purists, all that sort of stuff. That's not we don't want to, we don't want those analogies with us. But when when I'm getting shit thrown at me from my album mates, Villa, whoever. Saying oh you're just a new Stoke, I can't disagree with it this year, and that's the, that's where I'm like, yeah, you know what, we are pretty boring actually. And you know, I think you you find generally speaking that a lot of the big teams um, rate us, and they think we're good because we seem to play quite well against them. But a lot of the poorer teams think we're absolute shite. New, my Newcastle, my cousins from Newcastle, they think we're awful because we just draw with them every single time we play them. Um, and what's what's the more realistic judge, judgment there, really? You can turn up against your top six, you know, eight, ten times a season. But realistically, when you're playing the rest of the 14, that's where your bread and butter is. That's where you get your, your league season is judged. The results mm. against those teams, and they're not good enough. And and, and at the moment, Nuno is he's asking his defence to be perfect at the back and not concede a chance. And he's asking miracles from his forward line. And that is way too much to ask of anybody. Um, but on that note, I think we're going to, 
wrap it up for the Villa game. Um, we'll take a break there, guys. And after this, we've got a nice little gimme to get ourselves back on track against Liverpool. Welcome back to the second part, guys, and uh, we're going to look ahead to the Liverpool fixture um, back at home um, for a game against a team who uh, are seemingly off the rails. And um, I guess if you've listened to the rest of this podcast, maybe, you know, we, maybe they're kindred spirits because uh, we're only giving, us, giving Wolves fans the best idea of, of the way the club is at the moment. But um, Richard, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, now, we know... Liverpool haven't had the best time of it recently. Um, but if there's one thing Wolves have done this season, it's given teams that are in a rut um, a reason to, to, to kind of be optimistic. Uh, do, are, are, we being, are we playing them at a good time for them, do you think? <laughs> you know, I don't think Liverpool could play us at a better time. We've given, apart this year aside, I don't think we've ever kind of not held ourselves really strongly against um, Villa, uh, sorry, against Liverpool. Um, but given how we're playing now, uh, you know, uh, they will be more than happy if they can play us at this point, putting in the performances we've been putting at the moment. Because, you know, if, if they turn it on to even 56% of what they're capable of, I think, you know, that they'll pick holes in, you know, our relatively flawed system at the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, years gone by, I'd have been very optimistic about this game. Um, and like I say, we've we've given them a run for their money. On occasions, the, the game against um, the pull at home last season, amazing atmosphere, played really, really well, scored an incredible goal um, as well. And you just felt for that 10, 15 minute period that we could have got a second um, before Bobby Firmino decided to break our hearts a little bit on that one. But Liverpool fans, I think, like many of you know Man City fans last week, were never comfortable with playing Wolves. And I, I remember the conversation with I had with um, a podcast pretty much on on that one. They weren't happy, you know, going into that game just because they they think that we're we're a dangerous proposition. But things have changed clearly. And I want to touch on the lack of depth slash lack of use of substitutions that that Nuno has has, has kind of made a, a bit of a way of being at the moment. Price, he, he obviously seems to think that Silva and Jose is, is, is an option for us. But beyond that, um, do you see... I'm, I'm sure you're not expecting changes to the lineup, but do you see anybody else actually having an impact on this team? Well, I mean, it was just the one sub today, wasn't it, wasn't it for us? Fabio Silva coming on. And I'm yeah. looking at the bench, our... Uh, yeah, bench minus one empty space on it, and I just think, what's what can he change really? Because he doesn't seem to trust any anyone that's on that's on our bench. I mean, Hoover got has got a few games recently. I Norris dropped out the pitch because uh, Johnny's come back. Who, to be fair, you know, I thought he was quite lively. He had had a good, a really good game today. He's obviously back to full fitness now, so you, I can't see 
obviously Johnny won't get dropped at all. We've already mentioned Bettinia. He, he's not been trusted all season, has he? To be honest, he's not. He's not got any run of games at all. He's, he's got a token few minutes. Um, in short, no. There's gonna, I don't think there'll be any changes whatsoever because he's, he's quite clearly shown he doesn't trust anyone he's got on his bench. The, or, sadly enough, the only options we have off our bench is in defence. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the only reason where, where our options come from. Does he play Kilman? Does he play Bolly? Or does does one of, does he change the full backs, the wing backs? So, well, yeah, and and to be honest, I mean, those love Johnny to bits. Brilliant footballer, we've missed him dearly. Um, but I always remember there was always a conversation about the fact that he often struggles um, in attacking areas. And he isn't necessarily that productive. And I think there were a couple of times in the game today where against Villa. He, he got into decent positions, but just seemed to not really make the most of them. Um, Jordan, I don't know if you agree, but we, we always talked about Vinagra being that attacking options against certain teams and, and, and you know, making them interchangeable. But is there a case right now in maybe having a, an impact for at least half an hour in a game? Um, yeah, there is. There is. Uh, for me, like Johnny's... I'm you know, wax lyrical about him in terms of what I think of, he, of him as a footballer, but that is always going to be his, his his con, I guess. That he's a his attacking output isn't, you know. Let's face it. Last year, well, the last couple of seasons against Doctor's output, attacking wise, chalk and cheese, really. And again, I'm not saying about overall player. Don't, I'm not even getting into that debate because there's only one winner. But still, um, yeah. So he, he can struggle a little bit when it comes to output, but for me. Yeah, we've. I don't know how you solve that problem really because I think Johnny's pretty much undroppable. He's just that good. But you know, if if you offered me the the uh, eight nary of Crystal Palace as an attacking option to come on for like twenty minutes, half hour to sort of try and change the game, that is an attacking option which only could help us. If you know what I mean, sort of. But it seemed like eight nary had that game against uh, Palace. He'd been in the country for what four days, scored a goal, man of the match, and then he got Nuno'd. Like all of a sudden, it's like safe. I pass the ball five yards inside, I cut back in. That eight in the rear against Palace. If anyone went back to watch the game, he looked like a reincarnation of Roberto Carlos. Like it was just bombing. It was great to watch. And uh, yeah, the shackles were put on. And again, it's that safe nature of Wolves. And I think that. Again, I don't think we'll end up buying him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he went on somewhere and looked a million dollars. It's like a cricketing analogy. Like Johnny's your all-rounder, isn't he? He's good at defending. He's 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 all right. He's good good at getting forward. But then the other options are Ait Nori, who obviously is very very attacking. But then Nuno is obviously going to hate the fact that he's going to leave the back door open a lot. And then your only other option is Marcel, who. You'd be fielding keep... a fine leg, Adam, if you're talking about... Uh, you're doing fine leg to fine leg if you're talking about cricket. Because if we come get him, he'll break his fingers. I... Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I needed someone with more knowledge to continue my cricketing analogy <laughs> on that one, to be honest. And then you've got Marcel, who's like, he's... I don't know, what, what's the cricketing alternative for a crock? <laughs> he's, he's, he's just a 12th man, isn't he? That's all yeah. There you go, that's yeah. it. He's, yeah, he's Aaron. certainly no night watch or anything like that. He's, he's sandwich at lunch. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, Johnny's obviously, he's out. He's I know he, he can improve in the final third, but 
he, he probably makes us more defensively resolute, which ultimately is what Nuno wants, isn't it? Otherwise, Vinagre would still be here. But this is the point I'm making, though. Like, it, it, it can just be 20 minutes, half an hour in a game as an attacking change that, you know, has... You know, when, when we've got Villa on the ropes a little bit, like we did today, you know, just giving you a bit more of an outlet. Um, you know, allow Troy to tuck in because he got a left-footed option. He's going to hold the whip there. Um, but we've got to play the game. So, <laughs> uh, Diogo Jota's back in the squad, obviously, just in time. Um Rich, how do you think this one's going to go? Because I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, no, I'm going to. I'd, I'd love to sort of say, you know what, it's going to be a, like a nil-nil, a nil-nil. I have heart says like nil-nil, head says two-nil Liverpool. Adam, can you give us a bit of hope? See, I think there's an opportunity there for us. I know. Oh, we. I think we all do, but. There's, I know, I know. We've just like gone up for the last day and talked about how shit we are and boring and everything like that. But there's some, there's something seriously wrong at Liverpool at the minute. And for once, I'd like to think that we could, we can take advantage. I know there's the the Jota thing, and I know the script, the script is written for like it to be one nil Jota to score, like in the like in the second half. But I'd like to think, just being a little bit positive. For a second, I think that, that there's a chance here that we, we could sneak a one niller. Liverpool, for some reason, given that their their riches up front, they they can't they like us. They're struggling to create anything at all. Like, Salah's cutting a frustrated figure. Mm-hmm. So I, something in me just tells me that there's an opportunity there, and I'm gonna. I think we could win this one nil. Yeah, genuinely, I, I genuinely do. I'm not gonna say Jose can score anything like that because he needs to have a chance <laughs> to create for him first. But probably here we go. Cody's going to score 1-0 from a set piece. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Imagine that's that. That would be, that'd be that. lovely. He'd love that, to be fair. Um, I, I, I admire optimism. My issue being, <laughs> we... Uh, it's unfounded. <laughs> we, 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 caught, we caught Newcastle at a bad time and then we didn't manage to dispatch them. <laughs> I, think, I think Burnley, before we played them, they'd only scored two goals at home or something up until that point. And then we uh, gave them a nice opportunity to double their double their money, um, as you say. Um, Jordan, come on, mate. Give us something. What, for the Liverpool game? Yeah. Um. I'd like to. I'd use the analogy. Class is permanent, and I'd like to use that for both teams. But I just think that Jota going back to Liverpool adds a bit more of a dynamism to their attacking prowess, and they're you know I can't see them to keep losing. They're almost too like I know they're in a I know they're in their own ship, but I almost feel like they're they're too good to just keep losing and. Well, they're, they're only losing at home, to be fair, at the moment. So um, <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's the problem, Anfield. I like to call it James Scowcroft syndrome, where like he always turned up at Molyneux and scored against us, and he you get like five goals. Here. I can just see we're that team, aren't we? That just seems to give everyone the springboard historically. And uh, look, I, I put it like this: if we play like we have in the first halves against Villa, Man City, Southampton. We can't keep getting as fortunate to be only one one goal down and still be in the game, as it were, for a Nuno masterclass second half. You know, team talk that everyone thinks happens. Like we we've got to we've got to you know they're they're crap at the minute at the back. We've got to take it to them. 
swing punches with them. If we lose 5-2, 4-3, whatever, like if we sit in against them, they've still got world-class players that can hurt us. So can we please, for the love of God, just have a go? That's all I'm asking. I think I think we can we can copy and paste that little clip into next week's pod um, as well. To be honest, George, can we please have a go? We've got nothing to play for. Um, the only the only the only thing that's had a go on tonight is Stu's wank sock over Martinez. Yeah, Pornhub, filthy. We're going to have to introduce like fancast bingo for the for the for the listeners just so that they can tick off all the little <laughs> the things we're going to say for the rest of the season because. New, the performances are rinse and repeat, so the podcast might as well be rinse and repeat as well from there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not hopeful, but I will go for a positive uh, a prediction, which is a nil-nil with, with Liverpool. Um, that's a positive one. There you go. Nice little board draw for us. Um, to finish up, guys, I'm going to hand over to Rich or, or is it Jordan? Who, who, am, I, who am I going I'll, to? I'll, for... I'll, I'll, uh... oh, Jordan's on the ball. He's on the ball. Twitter the corner ball. over for you. Yeah, so yeah, so as always, we've got Twitter corner. So I'll dissect some of your wacky questions and also the, the football related ones. So we'll go for um, a Wolves one first from Lewis Robbins. When Daniel Pudence is back, should he be replacing Adama in the team? Yes or no? Gully, I think I think Pudence coming back will give Nuno the confidence with Bolly back as well to maybe go back to the back four. I think we've seen the under-23s have actually reverted to that now. Um, so maybe that is the way. And, you know, I mean, this is my optimistic hat on again and maybe we're, you know, just thinking, you know, outlandishly here. But, yeah, why not? Because, you know, I think we all believe that that, that could be the route to a bit of salvation. Yeah, yeah playing like... Having the three behind the one, it potentials number ten behind the one, isn't it? That's that's the yeah. that's the future. That's the dream. Because I don't think I really rate Pedenza. So that's on record, but I think he's he's much more productive on behind the striker than he's out on the wings. Where yeah. I feel his 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 impact is a bit more diluted out there. Yeah, oh, for me, he's not a winger at all. Pedenza, I think he's wasted. He's a number ten, and if you're going to play him, you've got to play him in that number ten spot for me. Otherwise. Yeah, he's a great player, but I'd have to sit on the bench for me in this current system. Um, Rich, we've got um, a question for you. Um, Snog, marry, avoid. This is from King Wolf eighty four. He's given us a few options, but I'm just going to go with okay. one. I love, I, I love how you said this is a question for you, Rich. Yeah. What's this out, man? I'm <laughs> directly for you. You seem like the guy who likes to play Snog, marry, avoid, Rich. Um, so, <laughs> Snog, marry, avoid. Fabio Silva, William Jose, or Patrick Catrone? Ooh. I think this is in a football sense as well. I don't think you literally need to, but if you want to, that's fine. I was going to well. say if, if we go <laughs> if, if we go if we go just for a footballing sense, that's almost like keep one for a bit, keep one forever, bin off one. Yeah. Um, I'd definitely be keeping Fabio Silva long term, just yep. because you know he does. Fabio more Silva in... is marriage material. You heard it here first. That's yeah. it. <laughs> That's for sure. Sort sorted. Um, yeah, just I think he's, he does more in like ten minutes than Jose does. Realize what I've just said. Well, geez. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I guess 
you know what? I think it'll be Snog Trone, Mary Silver, um, avoid Jose at the moment. Pricey? I'd, I'd agree with that, actually. I think Jose is that little fling who you think um, is good for a bit, and then when you realise, actually, this, is, it's, this ain't going to work out, it's going nowhere. You just think... It was good. It was good while we were flirting on Tinder or whatever the the new whatever the latest dating app is. Now, you, now off you go, mate. Jog on. I, th- I think he's he's the one that's bored of us, really. I think he's the one tell- going to be telling us to jog on to soon. <laughs> yeah, I, I think William Jose is going to be saying it's not you, Nuno, no, it's me, and he'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. um, so another question from Adam Melia. and this is a bad one, bad question, really, because we're not like the hardcore wrestling cast here. But who was better, NWO or DX? So I'll start. I was a big Shawn Michaels fan as a kid, and X Pack yeah. and all that, and wrote all that. So I'm I'm DX all the way for me. Uh, anyone got anything? Any counters? Who, who, who were NWO again? I need to refresh. My oh, it's Hollywood Hogan and uh, Scott Hall oh, was and Kevin Nash, wasn't it? Oh, it's got to be so, HBK all day. Uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was never really. I was more of a WWF person, the WWE, especially that than WCW, especially that era. Uh, so I'm all, I was totally DX. I even went on Stag Do dressed up as X Pack the once in Did Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. Did you take China with you? <laughs> yeah, you, you only spend one night. Yeah, you, you only spend one night in China. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, any, any, anything to add on the wrestling? I chiefly because I'm good mates with Adam. I'm going to go DX just because I think that's who he prefers. Fair enough. No, that's fair. Absolutely fair. Thanks uh, to the audience. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to throw out. This is maybe first time on the podcast. I'm going to give it back to King Wolf because I think a lot of the football wolves rated stuff we've covered. So King Wolf, who's missed was worse, Roman says today or Chris Willumo for Scotland. Was it, was it William was a proper open goal? I can't really remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was like it a slip. 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 Remember that commentary when the replays that Scottish bloke going, oh, no! His was less instinctive, wasn't it? He, he, his was bad. That was worse, I think. Yeah. For a striker. For a striker. Oh, for, for a chance, that for, for a chance was laid on to him, that he that he had all season long for us that he was putting away for us like he was I think he, I think he must have already been on 14 15 goals for us at that point and this would have just been bread and butter for him and he's just I think I remember I think I remember it, I think I remember watching it and he caught it at the back of his heel and the, the freeze frame got it just as the ball his was face past the post brilliant. his face was just so, he could see his face this is ruining my himself, season yeah. <laughs> this has just wrecked my season <laughs> <laughs> I think that was, was it, his, it might have been his debut it might it was very early like he didn't play much after that anyway nah handful of cats but I think he came back to Wolves that weekend and scored two or something like that as well <laughs> you just think oh, normal service resume clearly you don't something up with the water in Scotland <laughs> now final question from uh, the lady of jewel, the jewellery quarter and the lady of the fan cast official smithy Right, so this is for everyone, and I think this is one where you get judged quite badly. Um, if you're making a cup of tea, Rich, we'll go with you first. Should the milk go in before or after the hot water? Uh, oh, uh, for a cup of tea, water first, then milk. If it's a coffee, which I know isn't the question, I'd go 
milk first just because otherwise if you pour the kettle straight in if you're just doing instant i know i'm a coffee connoisseur so apologies but it, eyebrows it, raised if, if, <laughs> if i'm if i'm just doing an instant coffee then you do milk first so you don't burn the beans it's my little my little oh, tip for the week hot drinker connoisseur pricey let us know what you think uh so for tea uh I can see the follow-up comment here, actually, and I agree. I agree with Dean Mars that any people's hard drives should be checked if they put the milk in first on cups of tea. I mean, have you seen? You must sicko, have seen I think you're you're a proper sicko if you do that for me. Yeah, you're up there. You need to be jailed if you you know if you're going to do this sort of stuff. But if you know if you saw these things, you can see. I think is it uh, somewhere online, maybe Instagram of this like this American bird who tries to make like English cups of teas or British cups of teas. And she just butchers the process completely. She puts the milk yeah. in first, puts cold water in, then bungs it in the microwave for a yeah, bit. And then, and then I don't know, but just bungs some butter in because she's American because for good measure, stirs it all around. <laughs> These people need to be... And it's just a wind-up, put... mate. It's just a wind-up. It's, it's there to attract lights. You just click baiting you. <laughs> Gully, what are you saying? Are you oh, it's, it's 100% water first, tea bag. Well, tea bag, water. Milk, leave the tea bag in, let it brew, drink it with the tea bag in. Yeah, oh no, I completely agree. And I think there's another question to that, but we're not getting into it about sort of brand of tea bag. That might be another whole podcast idea. We've got to talk about coffee and tea, but we'll see if we get sponsors on it first before we do it. Um, to be, I was just going to say as well, I think, I think Kim, Kim's got Kim's got a big challenge on for most prominent Wolves, Wolves fan with the surname Smith on Twitter at the moment. Um, Big challenge. Well, who's who, who's she challenging? Who's, who's just, just, leave, just leaving that there. Just leaving that there for you. What's when what's Kim's you... singing voice like? Well, oh, maybe, that's, maybe that's a way to that's find out. Who's, 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 oh. Maybe yeah. that's it. Get a bit yeah. of "You'll Never Walk Alone." Strangle <laughs> 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 yeah. a cat and then get but, it to sing it for you. In perfect time for the uh, Liverpool game. There's your link. Absolutely. And Wendy, we love you. So keep it coming. Friday night sing off. And if we get 100 retweets on this podcast, when do we on the next story from the pack? You heard it here first. You heard it here, exclusive by Rich. <laughs> uh, that's where you get her on the pod. Yeah, get her on the pod. Get Wendy on the pod singing in the gin. Anyway, um, that's where the corner wrapped up. So, um, yeah, you know, thank you once again for, for listening. Uh, you know, it's it wasn't a great game today, but, um, you know, we thank you very much for carrying on supporting the podcast. Um, you can find us on all your podcast stations, iTunes, Acast, that sort of thing. Spotify, five-star reviews go a long way. Um, in the week, you'll be able to see Goodies GTA via YouTube. Um, myself and Dan um, are now doing um, a preview of all the games now with our sponsors at Boyle Sports as well, previewing the the Liverpool game, I'm telling you where the best odds are and best bets are to look out for that game. Um, and yeah, I suppose everyone just keep keep safe, keep following the Wolves. It will get better and uh, we'll see you next time. Can you Cheers. promise that, Jordan? Are you promising uh, that? I can't promise. There's no guarantees with the podcast and there's no terms and conditions. However, I believe it's going to get better. Keep the faith. <laughs> Keep if we get an angry email when we're, we're, we're sitting bottom of the league three months into next season, then you know we're going to trace it back to this podcast now. 
that's fair enough. Yeah, these views are my own and not those of the Wolves fancast. <laughs> As George Michael once said, keep the faith and up the Wolves. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.00% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash CD specials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC.